Hey guys, welcome back to The Essentials. I'm your host, Maddie Flint, and here on my podcast, you'll get a taste of topics from lots of buzzing fields of study, science, politics, art, and history, essentially. Today, I have something that might be controversial for you guys, um, but really, I just want to create conversation and encourage open-mindedness, as they say in college now. Why do sciences use Darwin's evolutionary theory as absolute fact? Or maybe it's better asked as, why is it accepted as the truth in biological and physical sciences? So I actually brainstormed this question while I was sitting through my biology class this week. Um, I'm taking part two to the general bio series, but this one is ecology, physiology, evolution, something else. I can't remember what the fourth part of it is, but... And I was just thinking to myself, evolution is a theory, and we're allowed to question theories because they're not factually proven, really. They can be based off of observation, but nobody said that you have to believe in a specific theory that somebody else believes in, because as individuals, we have the freedom to believe in really whatever we choose to believe. As a Christian, that is explained as free will. The most straightforward answer to that one question, like why is it accepted in these sciences, is that colleges are secular. And there are some more conservative Christian colleges that are a small exception, but there is separation between church and state. So I just want to define theory. We all know what it is, but it just fits to define it. And then I can get further into the rest of this material. But a theory is a system of ideas intended to explain something, especially one based on general principles independent of the thing to be explained, or in simpler words, somebody's take on something. People can choose to get behind it or not. They can be opinionated as well, sometimes not. Due to that secularization of education, Darwin's theory of evolution is what is accepted and celebrated. It's like very widespread. So this is just his theory, his evolutionary theory, in somewhat simpler terms, because there's a lot of information to go through, but we'll just do this at a glance. So his theory of evolution is the process of natural selection by which nature selects the finest, best adapted organisms to reproduce, multiply, and survive. So adaptation. And that is not wrong, because that does happen. So this is, in other words, survival of the fittest. I'm sure we all learned it in high school biology. And this theory also states that we are in a world of constant change, which is also true. The most basic part of this theory of evolution is that life is not stagnant, and that is also not wrong. So as a Christian, I don't believe that evolutionary theory is the only truth, the one truth. I do believe in biblical creation, but I also am a science major. So I am studying the sciences all the time. I love it. I find it very interesting. So I'm like balancing concepts from both. And if you do take a look into these things, you will see that things really do overlap. And the things that cannot be explained, like in evolutionary theory, some of the things seem really far-fetched. That's where I'm like, oh, that's because God created it. And as a human, we really can't comprehend that. So that's why there's loose ends in some of these man-made theories. And in this theory, it also brings up the notion that humans 
were derived from other animals, that we all stemmed from one common ancestor. And while that might be true for whatever other organisms have all just been evolving and adapting from each other, because that does happen, humans are unlike any of the other animals that exist on this planet. There may be some survival instinct similarities or something, but we all live on Earth. And I will go back to this subject in particular after I just get through a couple more things. So now, actually, I'm going to pose this question. What would science be like without Darwin's theory being at the foundation of it? Now, I think, personally, it would be a lot more open-ended, which for those branches of science really wouldn't be possible because then where is all this information coming from if it has nowhere to stem from? For example, ecology, chemistry, and human biology are all based on data. And this data comes from observable patterns, measurements, and research on physical, tangible things that you can go to a lab and put under a microscope and look at. So it needs to be more structured than, say, psychology of the subconscious. No one really knows everything about the subconscious. With advanced technologies, we can learn more about the brain, but we can't really pinpoint specifics on the subconscious and really how it works. And that's because you can't measure it with a ruler. No one person is the same. Versus how if you take 100 pea plants and switch the independent variable for 50 of them, no matter what, they are all going to perform photosynthesis. The results may not all be the same because, you know, you changed something, so you're looking for observable differences, but they all are going to perform photosynthesis. They all grow the same, so you can measure that. Oh my gosh, imagine if chemistry was a philosophical science. Like someone saying, highly heated gases, typically nitrogen or carbon dioxide, that exert pressure on whatever could be considered as a dangerous explosive. It could be, if that's your belief. Some of us may believe otherwise. No, you're going to blow something up. <laughs> so these sciences are firm, you know, physical. They need something firm to build that foundation on. Biblical creation could be researched using phenomenology, which is a philosophy science. It's defined as the science of phenomena as distinct from that of the nature of being or as an approach that concentrates on the study of consciousness and the objects of direct experience. So that's philosophical, that's about beliefs and all of these other things. You can't really measure those things like you could in a laboratory, like if you were doing experiments in biology or something. And excuse my voice, I'm not sure if it's if it sounds abnormal to you guys, but I just feel like it's a little bit scratchy or something. But I was at a 21 Pilots concert last night in New York City and I had so much fun. That was an amazing electrifying concert. I loved it. My dad went with me, bless his heart and my sister, and she was just overwhelmed with excitement and happiness. It really was a great time, but we screamed our brains out, so I think I'm on the road to 100% recovery. Maybe it's not even that bad, who knows? But anyway, back to the topic. And that is that evolution does happen. We don't really know how the universe was created, whether you believe in Darwin's theory or biblical creation or even something else. Each of those things tells the story in its own way. Religious people who believe in God believe some form of the creation story, and people who don't will believe Darwin's theory to be true. Because everyone needs something that they can believe in. Darwin's theory is much like what you can find in the Bible about creation, just without the God parts. And the Bible is about miraculous phenomena without the scientific explanation. For example, in Genesis chapter 1. After God created marine life and birds, Genesis 22, this is verse 22, says, 
God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. So he's telling them to multiply, and this was before humans, let alone before the kind of scientific technology we have used to be able to understand how mitosis and meiosis work. And those processes certainly were happening because that's how living things reproduce. And so if these living things were just reproducing and reproducing, genetic mutations were likely to happen. And they did. And so there are many factors to explain points of evolution, like why animals don't look like they did and how they evolved from their original ancestor and stuff. But genetic mutations, that's really all it is. These are random alterations in DNA sequences, and they can lead to a variation in offspring. And there are lots of external conditions that cause them. Like, for example, an environmental condition, and these are all classified as mutagens, things that contribute to genetic mutation. Um, but like UV exposure. So if things are just exposed to like direct sunlight for a really long time, that can cause a mutation in their DNA. A chemical or infectious exposure can also do the same thing. Some organisms, with or without these adaptations, were better fit for living, so those ones would just reproduce, and the ones that died would become extinct. And so these animals will just keep looking different with time. And I also should say that when I say animals, I mean animals of the same species because a bear isn't going to turn into a human and a bird isn't going to turn into a fish. So in that sense, these observations are true. And there's also information and observations that can explain why there is some phenomena at play in creation. And the one that stands out the most for me is that if we were derived directly from monkeys, and they would just evolve and evolve and evolve until they became humans. Why do monkey species exist as monkeys, apes, chimps, etc., and humans exist as humans? We haven't evolved into another form of life. Now, somebody who believes in Darwin's theory as the absolute truth might use as a rebuttal. It hasn't been long enough for us to be able to document any human change. It hasn't been millions of years or whatever, but we can't really measure that kind of time either right now and if we go back all the way until jesus's time that was a ways away and we haven't really seen any evolution in humanity really since then other than like we've been able to develop new technologies and stuff but in humans ourselves we haven't become another living thing a different organism that's not a human And from a Christian viewpoint, I'd say that's because humans and animals were created separately. Animals and humans both do adapt through time in order to survive, so they're adapting to their environments for survival. But humans have cognitive abilities that they don't have. We can think of ourselves as individuals. And this is because God made us in his likeness. Note it's likeness and not something identical because we aren't gods. And now, a lot of people will disregard the Bible completely because it's a religious text and it's considered outdated, just like how some people think the Constitution is also outdated and should be more of a living document as society changes. But like, the Bible really is a great historical source. It's been around for thousands of years and been translated in many, many languages. So while some of these things seem kind of impossible because you're like, oh, this has got to be a miracle, I don't see how this could happen. You could apply scientific methods that we know now to those things. And like the um, reproduction example, 
they maybe just didn't reproduce like out of thin air, but mitosis and meiosis were happening for that. So there are explanations that would tie both of these creation stories together. Ultimately, as a Christian, I do believe that God created everything, and that's why we have such magnificent things that men can't explain. But based on our sciences today, the Bible is so far removed from it, and this started during the Age of Enlightenment, so a long, long time ago, um, that using the Bible to prove something from a modern evolutionary theory probably won't happen because everything is so different. So take away whatever you want from this episode. Um, I really just wanted to talk about these things and start conversation or whatever um, and remind you that you don't have to just automatically believe things that colleges push at you because most of them are theories and that doesn't mean that they are essentially what is truthfully correct. These things are open to questions and that's okay. If you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. If you do believe it, that's fine. Um, But I just wanted to highlight these two topics, these two creation stories, because as a Christian human biology major at a public university, there is a whole lot to think about and to make sense of. So, and I'm also talking about colleges, I know more specifically, but really whatever institution or place of education that you are working at or learning from, if they're pushing something as an absolute fact and it's a theory, That doesn't mean that you have to be subjected to believe it 100%. And with that, I am going to end this episode of The Essentials. Thank you guys for listening. As always, greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. And stay tuned for next week's episode of The Essentials that will also be right here on the BMG Network.